Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's time for a new episode of TMG. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. I enjoy discovering and sharing real-life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of EMG. That's Tell Me Something Good. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. Guys, I'm so excited to be here tonight, as I always am. And I'm glad you decided to join the show tonight. You know it's going to be a great one. Before we get started, you know how I like to do this thing, right? I want to kick the show off by giving huge pops and great support my biggest fan, my lovely wife, Nicole. Girl, that's your shout out. I know you're watching. I know you're listening. Yes, I say this all the time at every show. This show has really taken off, and it's been heard in places all around the globe, Canada, France, Japan, uh, just to name a few. If this is your first time tuning into the show, if this is your first time listening, thank you. And maybe you've been tuning in each week. Maybe you've been tuning in all along. Let me tell you, thank you for tuning in to the show, guys. I'm so glad that you're here. Guys, you know that this show is all about finding moments of inspiration in our everyday lives with everyday people like you and me. So if you have an inspiring story that you would like to share with our listeners, with our audience, guys, look at the email address that's right there on your screen. And I want you to send in your story and maybe you'll get a task Come on to the show and share your story with the audience. Guys, tonight's topic is absolutely amazing. Something I cannot wait to dive into. If you did not catch it, guys, tonight's story is in between the gap. Yeah, I know you want to know what in the world I'm talking about with that. Don't worry. We'll jump right into it because we got a special guest that's right there waiting to join in with us, guys. Listen. When we talk about in between the gap, let me just kind of jump right in there. Whether we fall short or fall on the other side of things largely depends on how well we manage the gaps in our lives. Yeah, let me say that again. Whether we fall short or whether we fall on the other side of things depends on how well we can manage the gaps in our lives. Things don't always come together 
as we expect them to. And sometimes they may require more effort from us than previously advertised. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. I appreciate that. So sometimes things may require more effort than we really advertise. And let's be honest about some things here, okay? Let's be honest here. Sometimes getting to the other side of things to look more like you're falling off a cliff than you're making it to the other side. Let me put up a picture of what I'm talking about. Sometimes making it to the other side to look just like this. Sometimes getting across our gap to look just like this. It can look like we're about to fall. It can look like we're falling off a cliff more so than making it to the other side. Life occurs in some of the most unusual places, but it happens when we are at least expecting it to. It may find us in transition from one place in our lives to another. But listen to this, guys. But surviving the gap, surviving the leap means accurately judging the gap. Yeah, surviving the leap means accurately judging the gap. Listen, guys, I have a very special guest that I'm going to bring on the show today. And I want you guys to give him a huge, huge TMG a welcome. All right, this guy's name is Glenn Williams. He is an absolute wonder. Glenn Williams, he's 26 years in law enforcement and a detective. And I know that this man has seen a lot, has heard a lot. I'm going to stop running my mouth, and I'm going to let Glenn come on and share and introduce himself. Glenn, come on here and introduce yourself to the people. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Travis. And, man, thank you for that upbeat entry, man. This is uh, it's exciting to be here with you, and I appreciate the opportunity. So. We're glad that you are here. I am. The audience is. We're glad that you join in. Glenn, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, I know you and I talked, and we shared some stuff. Tell a little bit about yourself, Glenn. Well, start off, uh, I was a police officer, detective for 26 years. Um, during that time, I saw a lot of stuff that everyday cops see all the time. And it's stuff that rips your heart out. And I got uh, a little bit traumatized, got PTSD, mm. which is not unusual. If you see an officer out there that's had more than four or five years, he's probably got a little bit of PTSD. And I let it affect me. I did not know how to handle it back then because didn't, we didn't know about those things. <clears throat> and I started displaying behaviors that are common to PTSD. Um, you know, not talking, anger. Wow. Um, and there's a whole bunch of others that I talk about in my book. I created gaps in my relationships and ended up divorced. And, wow. you know, I, I, I'm a slow learner. I tried it again. And I ended up divorced twice. Oh, wow. So I, um, the second time I was up at my cabin, I lived up there by myself for three years. Mm -hmm. And I learned to get back in touch with who I really am. Um, I let the job become my life instead of just my job. Absolutely, and man. it overtook everything. And it took me three years to figure things out a little bit. I had some help um, with some counselors and therapists. And you can't be afraid to talk to people. Say that part again, Glenn. That last you part. 
Yeah, you cannot be afraid to talk to people. Absolutely. And while I was up there, I actually came up with an idea on a class that I travel around now and I teach to police departments. So if you know any police departments that want communication relations to help reduce PTSD, divorce, and suicide, that's what I do now. Wow. And I uh, I was sitting in bed when I woke up one morning about six o'clock and all of a sudden stuff started coming in. And I grabbed a notebook and a pen and I started writing and I wrote for four hours and I don't even remember what I wrote. Uh huh. But I'd been talking to a therapist friend of mine and I showed it to her and she says, wow, you're 60% done. Finish it now. <laughs> yeah. And then, so it took me about six months to finish it. <laughs> um, and then out of that came my book, um, Bridging the Gap and hence the name because the gaps I created, I had to bridge. Mm. And you know, I, I got really, really lucky and I got a third chance. The only reason I got a chance was because I changed me. Wow. And I got back in touch with who I am. Wow. And once I did that, I started opening up. Um, my second wife would say, oh, you just surface talk. And she was right. Because I was hiding so much shit. I didn't want them to worry about me going to work. I mean, I've, I've been almost run over by a car. I've been gone through a door when shots are being fired. You know, then I had little babies that I'd pick up and try to save and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I did not want to share. And so we, uh, you know, now I have a wonderful relationship with a beautiful lady. She just Fantastic. Fantastic, yes, man. lets me spoil her and she knows everything. We have zero <laughs> secrets, 100% open, honest, open and honest. And that's what I love. Man, that, that's fantastic. Guys, listen, I, I, I'm I'm listening to you, Glenn, and uh, what I heard, some of the things I heard were, were were pivotal to where a lot of us are right now. What first thing was we cannot be afraid to talk to someone. And Glenn, you know what? That's where a lot of us are. I'm be honest with you. That's where I was with a lot of things that I struggled with, a lot of things, Glenn, that I had problems with. Whether it was pride, whether it was arrogance, it was well, I'm a man, I don't need help. Blah. You know, yep. rub some dirt on it and walk it off, so to speak, yep. kind of attitude. Or I'll get over, or put your big girl pants or your big boy pants on. Something. Listen, everything does not go away because we wish it away. You, you understand what I'm saying? We have to reach out beyond ourselves. When you think about your book, bridging the gap. When you think about a bridge, it actually extends from one side to the other side. It has to go, it has to touch one side and touch the other side. Otherwise, it's not a bridge. It's, it's not. It has to touch both sides. So the people that we're trying to bridge that gap with, we have to touch them. And listen, the mountain doesn't move. We have to meet the mountain where it is. Yep. So enough of waiting for people to change, you have to meet the person where they are. I, when I talk in my class, I talk about the ripple effect and I wrote this book and did my class mainly to help our personal families. Right. But what I've discovered is if I change me and I change my family and then that ripples out to work and then that ripples out to the community and then pretty soon we're having open, honest relationships with everyone. And that is what we need to get rid of many of the problems that we're having today. You're right, man. We, we if, if we be, I heard someone say this. My mentor say this. We can't get results until we get real. Yeah. 
We want results, but we don't want to be real about it. We have to get real with who we are first, and then we can get the results in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in the society that we're in. We have to get real uh, in order we want to get results. And and if we're not doing that, then what are we doing, man? We're not bridging the gap. All we, we're talking about the bridge, but we never build it. The, yep. the bridge comes when real work gets done. And you know what? You know why a lot of times we that bridge? Because a real bridge requires real work. It requires yeah. effort. It requires sweat. In other words, guys, if you want to build that bridge, it's going to take some effort. You're going to have to you're going to have to sweat this one out. You're not going to wish it. You got to sweat it. Yep, and it's going to take something that most people are afraid to do. What is what? Look inside yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely, that's, man. And uh, take a self-accountable look. And that's that's one of the things I discover. Most of the guys I talk to, they're not afraid to go into danger, but they are afraid to look at themselves. Mm. You know, I had one guy, it was interesting in a class. He was sitting in the back, arms folded. So, you know, he's <laughs> putting up the walls. Right, right, and, right. And he says, I don't tell my family anything about work. And I, I looked at him and says, you don't tell him anything. He says, nope. And I said, would you agree that we are pe cre people are creatures of habit? And he says, yes, absolutely. Okay, so you're not telling your family anything about 60 to 70% of your waking life. Exactly. And that's without overtime and extra duty. 60% of your waking life, you're not sharing. What else aren't you sharing? Whoa. You know, deep. So can't have a relationship if it's can't have a relationship if it's not two way open. It's gonna. It's like that. It's like that gap. It's like that yeah. gap we shared that showed in the beginning. It's got to be a two way. It can't be all on one on one side. Otherwise, it's not a bridge. It's okay. not a bridge. And guys, when we're talking about bridging the gap. We're talking about the things that you face, we face in our everyday lives, our relationships, our careers, our family, our loved ones, the, the everyday life, bridging those gaps that in between, balancing life and career, balancing life and relationship, balancing who you are with and against the expectations that people have on you. Bridging those gaps. And many times it's the expectations we have on ourselves. Say it, man. Say it. That's now you're the big, talking. Biggest wall we've got. Absolutely. You, you, you hitting it right on the head. Glenn, uh, you share, and we've been talking about this now for a few moments. You share a message kind of about uh bridging the gap. Uh in your book, you share that also. But you share this message about Britain, and I can just hear your passion behind that, man. Are you able to share with us what it, what that what that means to you about bridging the gap? I heard you mention you had some difficulties with uh, PTSD, and you had some different, and it kind of trickled down into your life. Or, or can you kind of share with us some of the instances? What does that mean with you about bridging the gap? Part of it was back when I was working. If you had a problem and you wanted some help. They found you unfit for duty and you're pretty much let go. Oh, wow. And, you know, I was raised in a small farm town and I was taught, I'm a guy. I got this. I don't need help. Exactly. And 
suck it up, Buttercup. You don't talk about that bad shit. You just let it go and deal with it. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, that's just a typical uh, way we were raised. And I'm sure what I've discovered is probably about 75 to 80% of the guys in America are raised that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we shut down. We don't talk. And we forget how to express feelings. Um, you know, and they're, like I say, that some of the instances I had at work, I didn't share with my spouse. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the reason I didn't, I want, I didn't want her to worry. Correct. But Correct, man. In reality, I didn't want to relive it. Wow. Wow. And by doing that, I got in that habit. And for probably almost 20 years, I didn't mm-hmm. share until I ended up up the cabin by myself. And then I had time to just lay there and think now. I, I, you know, I start drinking too much. That's a thing, a PTSD thing. Now I was a good kid. You know, I only, right. I, I, I limited it to two drinks a night, but they were 32 ounces each. Oh, geez. yeah. Each. So, you know, I'm looking at a lot of gin and tonic there or whiskey or whatever it was that night. Um, but I felt numb. I didn't feel any right. pain and I, I, I had nightmares a lot. Um, for a long time. Um, mm. I'm down maybe one or two a year now. Um, so I, you know, I used to have two or three a month, um, just wow. things that I, I had seen and that still bothered me. Right. And, right. Stuff you've experienced, man. Yeah. And by opening up, I, I found a therapist and that was my first, and I, I paid for it on my insurance. I went on my own. Um, but I started talking and then they started coming out. Now there's peer support teams, which are awesome. Correct. Um, Absolutely. Officers that are trained to listen and to work, help you work through the thing because they can't work through it for you. Correct. Correct, man. And that's that's what really taught me uh, a lot about things. I believe self accountability, and and so I got to look inside me. Okay, what am I doing to create this? I got divorced twice. What did I do to create those problems? Absolutely. And when I got looking at that. The, the biggest issue was I didn't talk. I, I didn't share anything. I didn't show feeling. I didn't nothing. Like I was sitting on the couch one night and I had my wife and three kids there and they're watching, we're all watching a comedy and I can't even remember what it was, but they're rolling on the floor laughing. Uh-huh. And my son looks up at me, he was in junior high and he looked up and he says, dad, don't you think this is funny? Mm. And I looked at him and said, oh yeah, it's funny. He says, well, then why aren't you laughing? And I look at him and say, oh, I'm laughing on the inside. No way. That's what I said. And I was so full of shit. <laughs> I was so, I look back on that now and I had shut down so much that I wasn't even laughing at a hilarious show. And that those are obviously it's kind of, when you shut down that much, it's hard to have a good relationship. Correct. Correct. And, you know, I, I and I sat there and I lied to my son. I wasn't laughing on the inside. I was, I was just zoned somewhere else. And uh, I was not in the moment with my family. And that's the other wow. thing that I've learned to be is enjoy the journey. Don't focus on the end because you'll get there eventually. But the journey is where you learn and have fun. Absolutely. So Absolutely. be in the moment one step at a time. Guys, you hear that? And and, I, and I, I'm kind of big on that. Uh, I, I'm trying to learn that as well, um, Glenn, to make sure that I'm in the moment, you know, yeah. You, you can't worry about the next moment, what happens next, what, what's going to happen next week, next year. But right now you're in this moment. Enjoy that moment that you're in because yeah. 
if we don't begin to enjoy that moment, what happens is that moment becomes a memory. And then we shut down. And then we shut it down because you know what? We forget it. Yeah. Yeah. There, because there's no emotion. And here's what I've learned from a therapist. When we attach an emotion to a memory, there's a huge probability we will recall it. That's what's called a long-term memory. If we do not attach an emotion to a memory, we'll soon forget it. To a moment, yep. we'll soon forget it. Uh, for instance, if you lose your keys and you laugh a lot about it, the next time you lose your keys, you'll start laughing. Oh, I remember when I lost my keys, blah, 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 10 years ago. Well, you'll remember it. But if you all you remember is uh, you, you'll forget it. And, and, and what happens is a lot of times we lose that opportunity to to treasure, to garner, to earn and obtain a moment because we are so disengaged. And whether it because social media we're disengaged, because of life just happening, we're disengaged. But we have to begin to enjoy the moment that we're in. And I'm not saying every moment is going to be worth enjoying. It's going to be an enjoyable moment. But take a deep breath, take a step back, and find something to enjoy. If you can't enjoy the moment you're in, find something else to, uh, to enjoy. Because life goes on whether we want it to or not. And, and regardless of if it's raining on one side of town, it may be sunshine someplace else, you know? Yep. So I, I love that, man. It's it's so important, and you know, the being in the moment because the future depends on what we do right now. I love that. What we do right now, and the past doesn't matter because it's gone. You use it for a learning opportunity. I you like know, that. I, I see so many people. Um, I, I'm not so much anymore because I'm not as young as I once was. But <laughs> you know, the, they're living in the past. Oh, I had a I had a great job, or I was a phenomenal high school athlete, or right, blah, blah, right, blah, blah, man. Blah. right, man. Okay, great. And so are about 150 billion other people. <laughs> so let's, what are you doing right. right now? What are you doing right now? This very moment. This is all that matters. All that matters. You know, man, you, jeez. When we're talking about, this is so deep, when we're talking about bridging the gap. Man, we're, we're talking about not overlooking any experience we've had, but at the same time, taking that experience to move forward to go to the next step, the next plane. Man, this is so good. Guys, I know you're enjoying it. I know you are. I, I, I'm really enjoying this myself. Guys, I want to I want to do something real quick because I got to do this really fast um, so that you will know that I'm doing this. Uh, guys, um, I want to take a moment, guys, right here to uh, plug uh, my one of my sponsors, Walmart. What? Walmart? Yeah, I told you. Walmart sponsors PMG. Guys, uh, I'm going to put a link into the chat. If you click that link, uh, I want you to understand I may earn a commission when you buy through that link. I am not asking you to send me any money. I'm not asking you to give me or any coin. All I'm saying is do what you normally do. Go shopping. But use that link when you do go shopping, guys, remember that link will be in the chat uh, for you to use. Uh, please click it. Uh, whether you're doing Valentine's Day shopping or you're doing grocery store pickup, does not matter. I'm going to put that link in the chat for you to guys use and do some shopping. Back to the show. So, Glenn, <laughs> I, I had to put that plug in there, man. I had to put that plug in there. So, Glenn, 
you said you've been in law enforcement, man, for 26 years. 26 yeah. years uh, in law enforcement. And as a detective, you've obviously, I mean, obviously, man, you've seen a lot in those years. That's two. But 26 years is what, uh, what three presidential terms? And going yep. on, yeah, going on four presidential yep. terms. So uh, you've seen a lot. How well were you able to manage those gaps in your own personal life, or were you able to? Well, back then I wasn't able to. In fact, I created them. Mm. You know, I I'm the one that shut down and didn't talk. Um, and I one you know one of the things uh, what I discovered actually just recently was. Um, PTSD, there's a lot of thrill seeking. Mm. And I look back now and I was in a lot of foot chases and fights. And I look at the ones that I talked myself into without even realizing I was doing it. Wow. You know, like somebody challenged me. <laughs> oh, it's on. It's on. You know, because <laughs> I, I, I stayed in. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu good shape because I was not going to let some young punk beat me in a foot race. And I, <laughs> I, I didn't wait, lose. Wait, 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 wait. Well, my father was yeah. a <laughs> I'm a little competitive. <laughs> but, no, you're not beating me. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, if you run from me, it's like putting a, a hubcap of a car in front of a dog. <laughs> but, so don't, um, don't try to run from Glenn's what he's trying to say. Yeah, that was that. Now I'm a little smarter, <laughs> but you know, it was it was interesting, and you know, having an affair is not unusual either because that's the biggest thrill you can take. Mm-hmm. Putting my thing that's most important to me, my family, at risk. Exactly. And people do it without even realizing, and I did it once. It will never happen again. And I, I, but I paid the price on that. That wasn't why I got divorced. There was a lot of other things in there, but, um, you know, at the time that was a hidden thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was interesting on the thrill part of it. And that's like I said, it's something I regret. I can't change it, but I definitely have learned there's news, there's good news and there's educational opportunities is right, how I look right. there's no such thing as bad news. And so I learned, um, and I, I'm still learning. I mean, it's amazing. I heard some of this stuff like three or four months ago at a conference I went to. Huh? And I, I had no idea it was even related until three or four months ago. <laughs> and uh, so it, it's kind of it's interesting. But now um, I'm able, my wife, she looks at my face and she knows what I'm thinking. I have opened myself up so much. And, you know, she says, uh, sometimes you are too open. And I said, <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to change? And she says, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Not nope, one bit. Change. And I, I appreciate that. But you know, what the other thing is kind of interesting is it's opened me up enough that all of a sudden I started doing creative things like writing a book. Oh, and wow. I'm actually I'm writing two more and I have about seven projects in line. Um, so eventually I'll, I'll have 
probably 10 or 12 books out. And some of them are actually fiction and just fun. And some of them are, let's fix a problem. But those are things that um, I never dreamed of, never thought of until after I got to change me. Wow. And, and so I heard, uh, I, I don't want to go into your project just yet. I, I don't want to talk about your project just yet. And yeah. you, you are, you're so open in what you're doing. And, and, and all that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, guys, about bridging the gap. Yep. The gap, if, 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 we, if we stay like this, there's always going to be space between us. Yep. Someone has got to take this leap of faith. Someone has got to do this before the bridge gets built or built rather before the bridge gets built. Someone has got to meet someone on the other side. Someone has to go survey and meet what this picture represents is meeting someone where they are. That's what it represents. Even though it could feel like we're falling, it feels like we're being vulnerable because when you do do that bridge, you, you're going to feel vulnerable. You're going to say, well, I'm not going to be made a sucker. Nobody's going to make a fool out of me again. And it's more difficult to do so after hurt, pain, trauma, PTSD. It becomes more difficult to do that. But there comes times we have to take that leap of faith and be willing to do so. But let me ask you a question, man. So I know you've been doing some different things. So when did you begin to accept or realize because um, I heard you say this earlier, when did you begin to sit or realize that you needed help with what was happening uh, in between the gaps of your life? And what are some things that helped turn things around for you uh, for you, and helped you kind of make it to the other side of things? The first experience was, I mentioned having to pull a young child out of a pond. and Yeah, you got yeah, to share that one. I, I heard that. I'm going to yeah. share that one. That experience, I was about a 17-year officer at the time, and when I got out of that, I was hurting bad, and I had a good leader mm. that came over, and he says, he looked at me, and he, and he and I are friends to this day, um, but he says, are you okay, brother? And for the first time in my life, the first time in my life, 17 years in law enforcement, I, you mm -hmm. know, I, was in, I, I looked at him, and I said, no, I'm not. And so that's the thing is we get to reach out and help other people. Exactly. That will also help us by giving we gain. And he gave and he helped me out. And he says, don't worry about your report, brother. He says, go take care of yourself. And I went and found a church parking lot, backed up against a brick wall. And I sat there in my car and I bawled my eyes out for about an hour. And then I pulled myself together and went back and got the rest of my days done. But um, those are things that many times you don't have the opportunity. We just have to go from one call to the next, to the next, to the next. You're right. You're right, man. You're right. And so, and so it builds up and builds up. But that was when I first, that was the first time I ever let it out. And that was the beginning. Um, I had an idea then. Mm. Um, again, I worked for set, nine years after that. Um, and when I really started changing, I, I slowed down. Um, I, I, I retired after 20 years, and then I went to work for the transit police for six years. Mm -hmm. and that was a wild ride. 
but <laughs> I can imagine it was. Oh man, yeah, a whole different clientele. Um, but I go through the trains. Tickets, please. Tickets, please. Tickets, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's because it was a numbers game. The more people you checked, the more you found without tickets. The more people without tickets, the more people with warrants you found. The more warrants you found, the more times you went to jail. Oh, good grief. And so that was hurrying our way through. Um, I had an experience where one guy, um, he was about six foot three, probably weighed eh, six, two, maybe probably weighed about 280. Big mm -hmm. guy. And we rode the trains by ourselves at that time. And so I got him off the train because a, a car can't come to help you on a moving train. They'll never catch you. And got him off on a train platform and was going through. And he was, he was giving me fake information, you know. He yeah, reversed. yeah, give you, yeah, give you the guff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And luckily I had a good dispatcher and she called me. Um, I had an earpiece and she says, uh, by the way, I figured out who this guy is. I checked his picture because they had cameras. Uh -huh. And he's got a second degree felony for aggravated assault on a police officer. Oh, good grief. Yeah, that's assault with a deadly weapon. And I'm going, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, so I gave her the code to get me back up started. And, he, you know, he didn't know what it was. And I gave her the code. And then I started stalling like crazy. And <laughs> I went back and said, okay, they're not finding your name. Let me make sure I got everything spelled right. And I'm talking like really slow. Slowly. Spell me your name please. And we went through and I sp had him spell his name, his address, all the stuff he gave me and verified his birth date. And, you know, went through and I finally, he kind of started going, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. And at at, at the while, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. So then I had to uh, take him into custody and I still have no backup. Um, I went, put him in, um, in custody and the fight was on. Everything in my shirt pockets, everything that I had on me went flying. My sunglasses, my sight book, my cell phone, my work cell phone, my handcuffs. I mean, everything went flying. And then he turned and I got my taser out. And for the first time in my career, I was going to use my taser. And it hit him oh, right wow. in the top of the chest. But the bottom prong bounced off his two-inch wide leather belt. So it did not work. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> Wait, nothing at all. Nothing at all. He just looked at me. And then he turned to run. And so I had to chase him. And, you know, I ended up not getting hurt. And I had a truck driver jump out of a truck and help me hold him down uh, until my backup finally showed up about 10 minutes later. <laughs> and uh, we got him into custody. Well, that was that was the going through the process I've been going through. Um, about eight months later, I ran into another guy, same situation, not as big. And he's sitting on the train. And now we're riding Paris because we're getting in too many fights. And so the new, the guy, I, I'm writing him a ticket, but I slowed myself down. And as I went through the trains, I got rid of my sunglasses. And I looked people in the eyes. I did, I scanned their waistband first, made sure I was safe, their hands, but I'm going tickets, please. And then we go work through and have a nice day, you know, take care and actually start connecting with people. Right. Right. Yeah. And this guy, looks up and um, he, I said, you know, I'm writing him a citation. He looked at me and he says, you're being way too nice. I said, what? He says, you're making this difficult. You're being way too nice. And I said, <laughs> making what difficult? He says, I was going to kill a cop today and hopefully die doing it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I, I said, okay. 
stay where you're at. Let me keep your hands on your knees for me, please. And we got, we're go, we're doing good here, bud. Let's just keep this up. Okay. And he says, yeah, okay. Um, I said, well, how are you going to do it? And he says, I have a knife and I pulled a butcher knife that had been, it was so sharp. I didn't, was afraid to put it in my cargo pants or my pocket or that's my pockets. I thought it cut through. That large, my God, that's a machete. Well, that was like a six inch blade on it. And, uh, I said, anything else? And I, he goes, yeah, the other pocket. I pulled out a sharpened screwdriver that he'd chained. And anyway, he was having some issues, suicidal. So that means get a call fire, get him transported up right, to the hospital. Right. And he went through the psych ward. And then he went to some rehab for about a year. And he came back about a year later and ran into my sergeant on the train. Now he's got a six-figure job working in a high-rise. Whoa, 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 whoa in town oh, yeah a six-figure job now yeah he got out of his he got back on his meds and and he got over the stuff that was going on the mental issues awesome. under control he he did well um and he he ran into my sergeant and he says hey uh, tell williams thank you for saving my life now two identical situations really but the difference was the second one I connected and that's where I was starting to make that change. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and notice what he said, guys. And, and listen, a lot of us right now, we're thinking like, wow, you know, we're thinking what in the world would we have done in a situation like that? And it goes back to what I, what we, I said earlier in that picture, we got to meet, we got to connect with people where they are. And in order, and a lot of times we want to do some construction on people we want to build people, make people different, make people better. But first, before we do all that, Glenn, we got to meet them where they are. And we start that by healing ourselves first. Exactly. We listen. Uh, uh, my my son Marcus, he's probably one of the biggest Michael Jackson fans in the world. <laughs> Promise you, oh God. And the Man in the Mirror is a song Michael Jackson made. And we have to begin working on the person that we see every day, not the one that people see, not that representative. No, no, no. The one that when we're at home by ourselves or in our car by ourselves, that person we face in the mirror every day, the one that we cannot escape, that's the first bridge we have to cross. We have to cross that first bridge with ourselves, with the things we have learned, the things we have told ourselves about ourselves, the things that we have believed that weren't healthy that weren't positive about ourselves. And that is the key right there because the head and the ego tell us why things won't work. And they do all these sure. things to protect us. And if we're coming from that, it's never going to work. You got to get out of that and get into your heart, brother. Get into your heart and come with love. And that's the whole difference in the world. I'm giving you a high five on that one right now, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's where it starts. Man, listen. You mentioned you mentioned earlier that you have a couple of books out. I know you do. One of them is called A Sweet Life, and I actually may bring. I'm actually going to bring you back for that one. So that one's good <laughs> because that was. And we we talked why that one's dear. Uh, it's about sweet life about uh, which is about living with diabetes. Yeah, and I told you uh, my grandson uh, at one years old uh, was was diagnosed with type one diabetes, and you shared with your daughter. And so we had a we had a really good conversation. So I really want to hear about that next time you come on the show. So we might as well go ahead and get it geared up because you will be back because I want to talk okay. about that one. Uh, and the one yeah. you got behind you, uh, Bridging yeah. the Gap. Uh, yeah. Tell us a Bridging bit about that book, my friend. 
this is the one that the class that I wrote kind of turned into this book. And this is my story of all the things that I didn't do or the things that I did that did not work <laughs> and how I would do them differently now. And I give resources and it's all cop stories because that's my background. But oh, I discovered, especially after COVID, it's for anybody with trauma that's experienced trauma and everybody's experienced trauma in their life. Everyone, everyone yeah. and on some level, on some form. It is, and let me let me share this with you. Trauma doesn't have to be where someone's physically abusing you. Okay, uh, you know what? Sometimes the trauma can be if if we never experienced a real yes in our life. If all we've ever had was no, 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 then we'll be afraid to try something because we said, "What well, they're going to tell me no anyhow?" Everybody always tells me no. Trauma can be an emotional and a mental thing. It could be something that we we begin to tell ourselves every day about ourselves. We can listen, guys. I'm telling you, this is true. We can begin to traumatize ourselves by the things that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Sometimes you don't need somebody on social media to post something. You don't need family or friends or loved ones, or as they say, haters to post anything. Listen, you don't need a hater if you're saying it yourself. We are hardest on ourselves. Absolutely, and, man. And we are the got, hardest. Well, it's like when I wrote my book, the other the other book that I have, Sweet Life, will be coming out. I'll, I'll be submitting to a publisher in the next six months. It's not quite done yet. But when I wrote this book, I had it, they wanted the full manuscript. That was in November. And I had it done. I had to do some submission paperwork, which is about 10 or 12 pages that they require. And I had everything done except endorsements. Mm. And the endorsements, they wanted three. I only had two. And my mind's telling me they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They're not good enough. And I sat there. That was in January. Um, had that done. And I sat there and I let internal fear hold me back until finally the following November, I turned it in. But I, I used a trick I learned. I woke up in the morning and I, I said, I'm going to go down and finish it. I only have 20 minutes worth for work. I know, right? And I had, and it takes your mind about five seconds to come up with an objection. So I did a countdown, five, four, three, two, one, go. I went down to my laptop, opened it up, typed it up. 20 minutes later, hit send on my email and it was submitted. And that was on a Thursday. I got a call on Friday and the guy says, I'd love to talk with you sometime next week um, and explain the process to you. And I said, great. I work you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So let's do it on Wednesday. He, we spoke on Wednesday and he says, um, they, they meet on Thursday once a week to see what books they're going to accept. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to send you, this is the process. And he explained the whole process to me. And then he said, I'm going to send you a sample contract. That way you're familiar with it in case they do offer you a contract. Okay. Okay. So I was uh, working out my garage on Friday, about 11 o'clock or so in the morning sometime. And I didn't have my phone with me. <laughs> so I got, yeah, I got back in and I had a message and I saw it was the guy from the publisher and I went, Oh, okay. And he left me a, a really nice message. He says, Hey, congratulations. They accepted your book Woo! send you a real contract instead of a sample one. And so I called him back and we talked, but I delayed by nine months out of fear that I wasn't good enough when I was good enough. And it took one week and it was, under contract guys i i, I might want that's a whole nother show uh 
being delayed by fear. You, you, we're talking about right now, there are people that's listening. And guys, whether you want to admit or not, whether you want to show your hands, jump in chat or not, but fear is one of the biggest things that will delay us. And it will tell you that you are not, in this case, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. They don't want you anymore. It's not that you're too old. You're too young. You don't know enough. Man, listen, jump out there. At this point, you already survived the pandemic. You've already survived worse things than this. At this point, you're in the middle of the air. You might as well jump out there. Of all the things that you have endured in your life, you may as well jump. You've already had people talk about you. You've already had people lie on you. You've already felt insecure. You might as well jump at this point. At this point, it's too late to stand on the other side and let somebody else do it, and you wish you had jumped. Glenn said, man, he rushed to his laptop, and I know why you rushed. You said, oh, I'm not going to give myself a chance to talk myself out of it again. Yep. Because if I stay here, listen, just hit me. If I stay here, I'm going to stay here. Yet we all build these tiny little boxes around ourselves to, quote, unquote, protect ourselves. And in reality, it's simply walling us in. So Man, another message I have say, is you expand say. your horizons and get outside that stinking box. And there's a whole world out there that we don't experience out of internal fear or talking ourselves out of it. And are the experiences always good? There's no such thing as bad. That's an educational opportunity. I like that. God but when we have, it. yeah, when we have the good news, oh man, is it freaking awesome. <laughs> there are no bad opportunities, guys. There's educational opportunities. Guys, listen, Glenn, uh, tell everybody, uh, what's your website? I'm going to put it in chat. What's your website, everybody? Um, <laughs> www.gdubauthor.com dot com that's gdubauthor.com play football author.com there you go guys that's a website yeah i can say played football with a guy he was j dub and i was g dub oh wow we're not j we're talking to g dub g dub guys g dub i put i put the website in 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 chat uh everybody please check out on his book uh, hold your book up again there for so everybody can see that if you don't mind. Land, uh, that's there. on it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Kmart and I there's another one I can't remember now. There you go. Let me go. Big picture right there, guys. Let me blow it up for you. There you go. Bridging the gap. An inside look at communications and relationships after traumatic events. Man, listen, dealing with uh things that have brought some form of trauma in our lives is important it's mm -hmm. very important but tragic moments don't necessarily have to be where our story ends we can get to the other side of things guys i want to thank our very very special guest glenn williams for being with us on the show uh glenn any parting words you'd like to say to someone 
who may be facing some of the things that you did? Any kind of advice you want to provide to someone? First off, write it down. If you don't want to share it, write it down because then you're sharing it with yourself and that lets your mind know it's okay to share eventually. Then get to the point where you're sharing it with somebody. And then the third thing is take a risk and just go do something you've never, ever done before. That's what I'm talking about, Glenn. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about right there. Guys, listen, join us next week. Uh, we will have another special guest next week. You won't miss next week, guys. Uh, it's going to be even just as good. I promise you. Listen to me. So join us next week, 6.30 Central Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, and now soon going to be uh, TikTok as well, guys, live. Uh, I want to thank our special guest, Glenn Williams. Guys, give a hand clap for joining us today on TMG. And guys, so you know, it's that time. And as always, it's been a real blast. Look, don't forget to visit our face, our YouTube page. That's Tell Me Something Good with the capital D. And don't forget to tune in right here each Thursday at our time at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern to listen to the show. And you can stream your favorite episodes on your favorite streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, and so many others. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, in parting, if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. I'm out of here. And I know you guys are waiting on that music. I'm going to hit that music. Don't you worry about that.